What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Preacher. I am your host, Dustin. And I am your host, Mitchell. That's right. Preacher, season three, episode six, past the halfway point now. And you and I were just doing a little talking before rolling here. And I think we came out of this episode with a little different impressions of it. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It, it, this whole world sometimes just kind of catches me off guard, and whenever it does its weird shit, this whole opening and beginning with Eugene just fucking was just crazy. I was like, why would he even need to be adopted? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I started to wonder stuff like that, too. The whole Eugene sequence, I think, was for the most part great, because now it means he's paired with the saint to go track down yeah. uh, Hitler. Which we're gonna get a great whole episode about that, and that's gonna be cool. Uh, just yeah, like you said, the the fact that he ended up at an orphanage was a little bizarre. What was his age? He was still like seventeen, right? Maybe he couldn't have been eighteen. Yeah, I mean, he was close to it. He's close enough that I I just I I feel like he's he's not that young. I feel like he's probably eighteen or nineteen because I don't even think he was going to school. But then no, again, he was in high school. Yeah, well, he, he was, was in, in high school, school wasn't he? So he must have been at least between 17, I'm going to say he was about 16, 17. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I mean, maybe, but I, I don't think they would, would they throw a 16, 17 year old in foster care? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. If you're not 18, I think, and I'm frankly, I don't even know what to do with 18 year olds <laughs> if they're just out on the street or if they have programs. Um, I, I will say that I loved the, uh, you know, scene of, of Eugene being very hopeful and believing that this, you know, second chance here was a sign from God because he yeah. escaped death from his town blowing up. And, and then he gets paired with the uh, the black kid at the orphanage who just <laughs> lays a bunch of realism on him about how everybody he's ever known has died and he's yeah. on his own. And, you know, there's there's even a, a kind of an upbeat moment where he thinks he's about to get adopted and it's almost too good to be true. And, of course, the saint of killers walks in and... Uh, without his weapons, I guess he's had to resort to more legal means. I mean, she was she was even like, "Are you going to fill out the paperwork?" And then he throws her through the fucking wall. Yeah, so I that guess maybe he, maybe he didn't resort to legal means, but he found the person he was looking for. But you know, I was thinking about it quite a bit today, and I was thinking about the episode and just how fucking crazy that world is. It's it's like it's like the upside down, except not you know the dark shit that you see from other shows, but like. You know, if if our world was straight up turned upside down, what would it look like? And I feel like this is it's like just completely out there, a different sort of alternate universe where just crazy shit happens all the time. And it's totally well, it's, cool. It's actually no, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on you straight here. It's it's more like everything that you know we have that exists in popular culture. And I, yes, I'm including the Bible, like old school, Old Testament, New Testament, that kind of the, that Bible within pop culture, as well yeah. as vampires, because I love this whole uh, Cassidy arc here <laughs> hanging out with these yeah. people. And at first, you know, you have a lot of questions. You wonder where this is going to go. Like, what's with this dude? <laughs> you know, why hasn't he sort yeah. of um, updated his image? Or anything, and you wonder if he's for real, and and you start to see the stuff that he can do, and you're like, whoa, this guy's living like you know a sweet vampire life. Based on what we've seen of Cassidy in the first two seasons, you know, we thought these vampires followed much more like realistic, I guess, rules for living. Yeah, 
You know, you yeah. never see him turn into an animal or No, no, not at all. Or, or, or be able to fly. He jumps out of the fucking plane. I mean, that would have been nice to to have back then. That would, really would have made that whole incident a lot easier for Cass. Exactly. What an idiot. He he'd been alive 119 years and hadn't realized yet that there were like levels to his power. He's, you know. <laughs> yeah. He could sort of yeah. level up and he just thought he had to take that hit and fall out of the plane. <laughs> Uh, what and, a, and he what gassed nice up on blood before he did so, but yeah, I, the the I think they were the children of the blood or, or something like that. I can't remember what the translation for it was now. Oh, but, of course, uh, the little group was hilarious. You know, you got this old vampire who's basically surrounded himself with these kids so he can feel cool about himself and have friends. And he's even using one of their the grandmother's basement, which I thought was fucking great. This yeah, whole shit. They had good comedy in this episode, in particular. Yeah, it, it turned out a lot better than I thought I would. I didn't know if I was really gonna like it. It was kind of a slow burn in the comic as well. But this, I think they made the improvements they've made are for the better, and it's just it's hilarious. I really loved it. Yeah, and you know, for a while I was wondering, like, is this guy? actually turning people into vampires or is he like <laughs> just eating them and then mind wiping everyone that witnessed it and who knows like now after seeing it i i think i figured it out i i think he's the kind of guy that like you said yeah he, he likes feeling cool because he's kind of worshipped and looked up to by all these yeah. people and then um he he does turn them but i think it's more like to make friends. I think he's making his own friends, basically. And Cassidy's kind of like the first vampire that he's, you know, encountered in the wild. One that he didn't create. And so he's yeah. like, wow, this is this is cool, man. This is my first chance to, like, actually talk to another vampire and see what it's all about. And yeah. uh, he's all into it. But Cassidy is, you know, he's still very hurt and moping and just <laughs> yeah. not, not taking to, like, new friendships as he should be. Even after witnessing all the cool shit, you know? Yeah. He was he was just like, no, nah, I'm going to go to this crack house and smoke a bunch of crack. It was funny that Tulip, when she's talking to him on the phone, even knew he was in a crack house. It really wasn't technically a house. I think it was like more like an underpass or a bridge or a sewer or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder, um, well, I think it's a cool distinction that uh, Cassidy draws the line at turning other people because he truly yeah. believes you know vampirism is like this curse that he has to deal with and turning people hasn't worked out well for him on the yeah. other hand this other this other guy brings up a very good point you know like well he did turn this shitty guy in, in <laughs> that you barely knew into yeah, a he vampire. was like was he a good person and he's like no he was a shitty person he's like well see i only i only turned good people <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I'm willing to bet that the guy's a fairly decent judge of character, especially with how yeah. old he is. And unless there's some underlying message or, or plot here about how he's going to start manipulating these people or using them for ulterior motives or something. But I don't yeah. get that impression with, with him in this story. No, and I, I don't really think that was how it was in the comic either. I, I would have to do a refresher because that storyline, like I said, it's kind of a side thing in the comic as well, where Cassidy meets this dude. So, but it's very similar in, in many ways, what I can recall. But I don't know how it really ends. I may have to look it up and, and find out. But yeah, we don't have to yeah. test you here. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was really cool. It was nice to kind of see these characters, and it's kind of a 
know, change of pace. That seems more normal to me than the whole Eugene thing. That that just seemed really weird for some reason. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but we knew the Saint of Killers was going to be going after Eugene. Uh, yeah. I, I, that just sort of made sense to get them together as quickly as possible. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I everything with Star and his, his two lackeys and the Allfather, that was, like, I, I think some of the best... Uh, uh, just that preacher's ever been yet. I, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I loved, you know, this whole confrontation that we'll talk about. It was nice to see the bank robbery too. As as long as it, you know, took it took up a good portion of the episode. It, it was a lot of fun, and uh, even got to see you know Jody and TC kind of come in and and be a somewhat useful. And yeah, when, when I saw when I saw the scene of <laughs> TC going to the petting zoo. <laughs> and, and the cops getting the call. What do we want to go to a petting zoo for? You know, we're going to a bank robbery. It's TC. And then the the <laughs> cops they reaction. Just, like, and bam. I I thought of you, buddy, because you keep telling me about you know how nasty he is in the <laughs> comics and how great of a callback that'd be, especially when they showed the shot of him running, you know, pantsless <laughs> with the goat. With the goat. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's a known goat fucker at this point in time so known that the cops will drop a bank robbery to go stopping <laughs> yeah and you know i i do feel like jody kind of just came off of it as a sort of generic thug yeah he was kind of boring and that's that's the thing jody uh, this is where the series has kind of always lost me is this whole soul thing and the fact that she needs to eat the souls and the fact that there's souls. I mean, so you got to think about it. Jesse's cool with going and robbing all these people of their souls to feed. To, well, I mean, of course, he's saving Tulip, but it just it kind of fucks me up because it's like he's got no moral compass. Yeah, he makes bizarre choices, I guess, of, of morality and and. <laughs> Everything. As far as the bank heist goes, it was really good. I, I I thought they did a pretty good job of it. I liked the planning, the setup. This this episode was kind of a, a few different things all mixed into one, which was really cool for it. Oh, there was another great part where, um, you know, Jesse's talking to uh, uh, Boyd, and the plan is to get her to spit in his uh, face yeah. for the uh, <laughs> the bank. Um, which uses <laughs> not a handprint scanner, but a, a tongue or a saliva scanner. And instead, you know, Jesse courses her and, of course, kissing him. I, I thought that was a, a quite a good little clever twist there on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the interaction with Jesse and Tulip was pretty funny after he gets back in the car and he scrapes his tongue. He's like, there was no other way. <laughs> she was like, well, I thought the plan was to get her to spit in your face. It's like, no, that didn't go. And we actually get to see Tulip as a blonde in this episode, which is pretty cool because she's blonde in the comic. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I didn't catch her reference to remember this when she said that and put on the blonde hair. But now I guess that makes a little bit more sense. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the the All Father's little vomiting cane made an appearance in this episode as well. Particularly particularly just disgusting and, and... Everything that makes the show so great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then on top of it, we see that Star now has a head that resembles a dick. Uh, that was great. Um, I liked how they changed that around. 
uh, in the comic, Jesse actually gives it to him by taking a knife to his head because they're fighting and he pisses Jesse off, so he just carves it into his head. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh wait, that, that, how how did it how did it happen? That that took me by surprise. Yeah, well, it was when Tulip came and shot him out, and you see Stars actually got bandage on top of his head as he's getting in the car because he's bleeding because she shot and it like grazed his head. So basically, it was her that gave gave him the scar oh, or the wound at this point. But saying? it'll be a scar. Okay. Yeah, I, I I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it should have been a much more formal thing to happen, much rather than it just kind of be, oh, it was an accident. Because in the comic, it was not an accident. Jesse did it on purpose. And that's when Star, of course, started wearing the infamous hats that he has. I like the the changing of the hats throughout the episode, how he'll go and have one, and then he'll have another, and in the next scene. then I think he even had a beanie at one point, too, or maybe in the next episode. But it was still, it's great. How about instead of a hat, he wears a wig? <laughs> I don't think that's Star's, or Star's style at all. I think he's more of a hat guy. I don't think he's ever wanted a wig. Why, I mean, why not cosmetic surgery? You could get that fixed, you know? He's got well, a lot I of options. I guess he could. Is all I'm yeah, saying. he's got options. <laughs> <laughs> but I love <laughs> when he comes walking up the elevator, the whole fucking shit with him and the uh, the, the other secretary coming up, and he's like, why is this taking so long? Oh, I didn't hit the button. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Exactly. In, <laughs> I, I loved a lot of these scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything with the grail was great but as soon as featherstone comes up he's like oh and i just lost my morning erection <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of yeah a lot of good uh, uh little one-liners i'll never understand how a character can enter a room and like you know turn around and close the door all dramatically and like have a sigh or whatever and then turn around again and then there's a character sitting in their chair or whatever that's been there how do you miss the initial person when you first enter the room there's no way well especially it's the all father so how do you miss that shit he's got a smell too yeah i i loved uh um star's description of you know what he did to the guy who touched his hot pocket he basically (laughs) sat on him bear assed him to death blew his fucking head head. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's something you, that happened in the comic, You won't find stuff too. like that on any other show, except for maybe, like, no. Family Guy. I guess I could see Family Guy doing that. And and I think that's really what's what's awesome about this show is just how it separates itself from anything else out there on television right now. It, it's just, And it also did it back with the comics as well. I mean, you had, you know, your, your sort of dark lineups that they had, but this comic and Garth Ennis and the team he had that also went on to do Transmetropolitan – and they were just telling stories at their prime. It, it was the best shit they they had done in that time. They went on to do other stuff, but man, this stuff was just so original and so awesome. Sure, and uh, you know, I, I love the twist uh, that the All Father already knows about Jesse Custer. Um, it's, yeah. it serves to reason that he would, I guess, knowing what he knows. There's got to be something leaking information, something that's feeding this to him, because he knew about Jesse Custer prior, so it's got to be one of the secretaries leaking him information. Well, I was going to say, or it could be God. Maybe maybe God and the Allfather are, uh, are talking. I don't know. God's that's a kind good of point, a, yeah. God's kind, kind of a, a freak, and yeah. uh, the Allfather's a glutton, 
So he let's note that he did eat a horse in this fucking episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. And made Star eat as well. I was, you know, waiting for him to like pass the baton to Star and be like, "Here, purge yourself and eat more." Or something. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. really really taking. It was almost very much like that Monty Python sketch in uh, that movie. Oh yeah, the life of Oh no, no, that wasn't that was the meaning of life where the guy just eats and then he blows up. Yeah. Yes, yep. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly very what you're talking like about. That. Uh <laughs> What what do you suppose now is uh, going to be old Granny's plan here in the end? Now, uh, I don't know. It, it seems uh, it, it seems really weird because she's not willing to let go of Jesse, and she's certainly not willing to give up Tulip. And they see the need and the skills that Tulip has, so I think that's something that's gonna kind of cross over with them not wanting to give her up. Uh, I, I really don't know what their grand scheme is at the end of the day, but we know what we have, the information from the trailer, and what we have so far for next week's episode, which looks to be very promising. They're going to bring the Grail in, of course, to try I think the plan is is to get all the souls from the Grail in order to kind of buy off Jesse's debt with his grandma so Jesse can go and get his soul back from the Grail and get Genesis working again. Shit, I I freaking hope that they settle things oh so very quickly like that, and yeah, uh, yeah. we get to see something really cool. Um, but you know, I I am super interested to see where Cassidy's plot is going to go, um, and and how it's going to work. You know, with him making this new friend and kind of being removed from the group for a little while. I have a feeling, I have a theory that in the end, uh, maybe season finale, perhaps. Uh, Tulip's going to be in some kind of mortal peril once again, and Jesse is going to be mm-hmm. so desperate that he's going to have to go searching for Cassidy and, you know, uh, be like, hey, Tulip's life is on the line, and then Cassidy will, of course, come running again, because he's like, I don't care about you, I care about her. No, I don't think it's going to be that. I think, actually, it's going to be the opposite way. I think uh, the Grail's going to get their hands on Cassidy again, and it's going to be Jesse and Tulip that come to save him. And he's going to see that they went through a lot in order to save him. And so they're going to be friends again. Because he's going to be like, oh, you really risked your lives to come save me. I mean, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Guaranteed. That, that'd be one way to do it, Call too, it I, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose he, he won't spend too much time with these side characters that we want developed. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know what the I, I don't know if they're planning on keeping Grandma Jody and TC around for another season or so. I would hope not. I would I would figure that they would have ended it out, but it seems like that there doesn't seem to be much of a plan as far as what they're gonna do to uh, continue with those characters. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see how they can keep them very sustainable either. Uh, yeah. There's got to be some finality, some conclusion uh, to Jesse's whole backstory with these people and it's not about um reconciliation it's yeah. about redemption and yeah. he he's gonna get that you know he's gonna murder tc uh he's presumably gonna be or not tc i meant to say jody, jody. um yeah. tc can fuck off or whatever I, he didn't do anything uh personally to wrong jesse did he i don't think so no, he just, you know, he was compliant with everything, and he certainly never stopped them. I mean, he's just always been TC. TC knows to 
be compliant and do what you're told and okay. everything will be right. So, I mean, TC's also kind of a, a sick bastard himself. So I think Jesse's Jesse's going to kill Jody and, and potentially his grandma and... Uh, yeah. And... Tulip might kill TC, or he might get away, whatever. <laughs> Just, uh, Cassidy might eat him. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, definitely they tried to fuck over you know, Cassidy, so that that's a big wrong in my book, so that makes TC a dick. Yeah, so it, it, would, <laughs> it would certainly be awesome to see. Well, and then you've got the devil who plays a role in this, we know, because of, <laughs> of that Comic-Con trailer. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I just don't know. They could do anything. The devil could, you know, possess the grandma and then <laughs> have a fist fight with Jesse. I don't know. I don't know what the well, shit show's going to throw at you. It, it all falls back onto one character that has been absent this whole season, and that's been Genesis. Oh, I was going to say Hitler? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he has been absent. But it looks pretty funny what they're going to do with him next week, so I'm pretty interested. This has actually been really good because, I mean, I'm, I'm actually excited for next week. I look forward to Sunday evening to come so I can sit back and watch this episode. Absolutely. Uh, and, any, and now yeah. that you mention next week's episode, why don't we go ahead and, and preface it a little bit and, and uh, mention that you, we have – Travel plans. You have travel plans that you've made recently, yeah. so that may play a role in in delaying uh, next week's review episode. Yeah, That's it's it. quite possible. I'm going to be kind of in a cramped space where I won't have much room to record. If I'm able to, we'll do it. If not, then it'll just be the next following week that we'll actually have another episode. We'll probably just combine the two and talk about uh, episode seven and eight. We'll see. We'll see what we come up with. But, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be back with more episodes. And, uh, yeah, so in the end, I, I truly enjoyed this episode a lot more than uh, I think you did. I don't know. Uh, I was yeah, watching I, it. I had fairly low expectations, I guess. Uh, I just I'm a little bit more pessimistic towards the show these days. But that's great because it means I have more fun when the episode is a lot of fun. And I think this one is like the high point of the season for me so far. Yeah, I mean it was it was good like you said everything with the grail was great. The rest of it was just kind of I felt like really filler. The main story plot that was being driven here I think was you know the all father and star and that whole thing. Yeah. But it, it just felt like kind of a, a a stasis episode where we're getting ready to Yeah. It wasn't anything that we hadn't seen before necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, was, it was it was if it had to be more of the same, it was at least highly entertaining and and comical. You know, outright I laughed out loud at at a quite a few points in this episode. So I I say I really enjoyed it compared to yeah. a couple of these other weeks. Um, I'm looking forward to next week, and I know you are too. And uh, you can always find out more about next week's episode uh, on our website and our facebook page yep that's talkingpreacher.com and facebook.com forward slash talking preacher always check back there for news and information to see what we have going on and what's going on in the world of preacher which is a crazy fucking world oh hell yeah and you know that we'll always be back once more talking preacher at you again next week but until then i've been uh, your host mitchell and i've been your host dustin we'll be back again folks